Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Everybody doing all right? Y'all alive out there? Yeah, Texas Tech won yesterday. All things are right in the world. Things are going good. It's a good day to be in church. If you're new here, welcome to Renew Life. My name is Keith. I'm the pastor here. So glad that you came here, that you joined us. For those of you who call this place home, thanks for being here today. You didn't have to be because some of y'all are going to Chris Valentin tonight, and you're like, I could probably skip today and just get a little church tonight, but you came anyway, so I'm happy you're here um, and excited and just for what God's doing. Um, he's doing a lot. God's doing a lot, not just in your life, but in the people around you. He's talking, he's teaching, he's, um, he's wooing people. Um, look at your neighbor and say, God is moving in your life. I know that's a long sentence, but try. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I have a sense that today some of you came needing God. You came needing him. You came um, looking for an answer. And um, I hope that you find it today. I'm believing that you find it today. And uh, that he just, he speaks to each of us. Today's going to be a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> many of you know me as the, the fiery preacher that walks way too fast back and forth across the stage and gets really hyper and excited. And don't worry, that person has not been lost. But today, um, I just feel like the Lord wants to do something different and uh, actually be a little bit calmer. I may even stop for more than 10 seconds at this podium and talk. Five, four, three, two, one. That's all I can stand. All right. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to be we're going to be starting in Psalms 23, and we're actually going to be reading all through Psalms 23 today. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. So go ahead and prepare to to open up to there. Before we get there, though, I'm going to set us up. Just kind of give you some backstory as to what Psalms 23 is all about and uh, why I want to teach from it today. Um, you know, as, as a pastor, just as a normal person, just raise your hand if you've ever heard Psalms 23. Everyone, you don't even have to be a believer to hear Psalms 23. It's one of those refrigerator scriptures. It's the one that you see on the magnets. It's just all around all the time. You hear it at funerals. Like, it's just very widely used, and, and, and rightfully so. It's one of the most amazing passages in all of Scripture. And what's so amazing about it is that this, this little portion of Scripture, the, oh, let's see, the, 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 the six verses, they are all centered around the person of Jesus. It's all about the Lord. It's all about David's conversation that he's actually having with the Lord. And, and, and if I could kind of wrap it up in, in one statement, I believe one of the overarching themes of Psalms 23, it's, just how, it's, it's David expressing how thankful he is to God. It's David expressing who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's going to do, how he comes through. It's just all about him. And it's like, it's like, here David is, we get to insight into his personal life where he's pouring his heart out to Jesus. And not only that, he's reminding himself who Jesus actually is in his life. The reason I think it's so important at this time of the year to be, um, to kind of center in on Psalms 23 is because, you know, here we are, we're going into Thanksgiving. I know some of y'all are looking forward to that. I know some of you aren't. 
because you got to be around your family for more than like 40 minutes. It's going to be crazy. Um, there, this, but, but as we go into Thanksgiving, as we go into the holiday season, this really is a time to be thankful. This season is a time to be thankful. And it's actually a time to celebrate. Now, I realize the holidays can be really, um, they can be hard for some people. And I get that everyone is on a, on a different place in their journey. But, but truth be told, Thanksgiving is all about being thankful. And I can't think of a better place to go to be thankful than Psalms 23. This is where I've just kind of been with the Lord in the last two to three weeks. And I want to invite you kind of into the story, kind of invite you into where I've been personally. But I've just, I've just gotten really thankful for the simple fact that I have Jesus. I'm extremely thankful today that I have him. Not just for the things that he's done, not, not just for the things that he's going to do, while that is intertwined and it's connected to the whole thing, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thankful that I have him. I'm thankful that I, I can go to him when I'm in trouble. I'm thankful that I can go to him when I don't know what I'm doing as a pastor. I'm thankful I can go to him when I don't know what I'm doing as a parent or a husband. I'm thankful that he brings people into my life that I have answers. I'm just, I'm thankful for Jesus. The simple fact that I've got him. Aren't you thankful for Jesus today? I mean, I mean, can you imagine? And in fact, I want you to imagine where you would be without Jesus. Imagine where you would still be in the mess that you would still be in right now. Some of you are like, please don't make me go back there. Okay, we're, we're moving on. But where we would be without Jesus, if it weren't for him coming in and intervening, it says that we didn't choose him, he chose us. He found us. And he came in and he went, I, I'm gonna actually rapture you out of the kingdom of darkness and place you into the kingdom of light. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'd be a knucklehead if it weren't for him. I'd have a lot of problems if it weren't for him. You know what else I'm, I'm thankful for about Jesus? I'm thankful that in, when I accepted him and when I started to follow him, that his grace and his forgiveness stayed with me. That is, aren't you, aren't you happy that he still forgives you? Aren't you happy that salvation wasn't just a one-time occurrence? He's like, oh, I'm gonna forgive you today so you can accept me. No, no, I'm gonna continue to forgive you. I'm gonna continue to show my mercy and to show you my grace no matter what you do. I got really good news for you today. It doesn't matter how big of a fight you got in on the way to church today. Doesn't matter what you said. Doesn't matter what you thought. Doesn't matter what you might do out, out from here. And when I say it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter when it comes to your identity and your place in the kingdom. You are righteous and you're forgiven. You're forgiven of every single sin. Every mess up, every mistake. You're forgiven. I could stay here all day and just talk about how forgiven we are. Some of y'all need to hear this today too. You, um, <clears throat> a little off topic, but not really. You are not your thoughts You are not your thoughts. Some of y'all been beating yourself up because of the thoughts that you're having. You can't help the thoughts that you have. You can help the thoughts that you keep in there. He says to renew your mind, which means sometimes a thought comes in that needs to be renewed. 
Most of the time, a thought comes in that needs to be renewed. We don't define ourselves by the, by the crazy thoughts that we have. No, no, we're just called to renew and move on. We're called to give ourselves new thoughts. Here's a new thought for you. I'm righteous. I'm pure. I'm forgiven. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm, we're a holy nation. I'm on God's good side. He's my homie, Jesus. I'm so thankful for him. This is what I believe was the heart cry of David in Psalms 23. If you'd read it with me today, then we're gonna break it down here in a moment. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me. What a thought that God would honor us. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I want to title the message today, Experiencing Him. Experiencing Him. Would you just pray with me? Jesus, that's what we want right now. We ask that we would not just learn about you, but that we would experience you today in the service. I invite your presence here, God. I thank you that you're here because your word says you're here, because two or more are gathered in your name. Holy Spirit, I ask you to lead. I ask you to guide. I ask you that you would open up our heart and our mind, our imagination, our soul, just parts that need to be unlocked within us, that you would open those up so that we could go into deeper relationship and experience with you. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen, amen, amen. Um, like I said, I want to do something a little different today, and most of the time I'm a topical preacher. I kind of pick a, a topic and talk around that and bring different, um, you know, scriptures into this. Today, I actually just want to take Psalms 23, and I want us to go line by line, precept by precept, subject by subject, and just kind of break it down. Um, what, what, will, what will kind of be the center thing, the main theme, is what I've already told you, and that this scripture is literally just all about Jesus. It's all the aspects of Jesus. It's, it's I'm, I'm sorry, not all. There's more than just what's in here. But that's what all of it is about. It's just pointing to different characteristics and aspects in him. And, and here's what the Lord began to show me. And if you, if you, have, if you want to write something down today, you got to hear this right here. Psalms 23 is more than just a scripture about God. I believe it's actually a place that you can go with him. It's more than just a scripture that we read about him. I believe it's an invitation into his presence. It's a place that we can go to to actually find him. Anybody ever prayed and you felt like God was 10 million miles away? Anybody ever prayed and felt like he was closer than your next breath? I believe this is a place where he's close. I believe this is a place where you can actually go in your own time, in your closet, in your car, in your home, and get quiet and open up your Bible and open up Psalms 23, and there you will find him there, and he'll find you. It's more than just knowledge about him. Hear me, I know that may sound a little weird to you, but spiritually, it's a place that you can go with him. 
I'm talking about experiencing him. It's a place to actually go to experience his presence. I just want to know if I'm going to keep preaching this message or not. Is anybody, uh, you know, would anybody be interested in experiencing his presence? All right, most of you. Okay, I'll keep going then. All right. I want to, I, really today is, is about me showing you and giving you some language and just, um, just some ways for you to actually experience God when you read Psalms 23. Um, I'll ask you this question. How many of you know there's a difference between knowing something and experiencing something? There's a big difference between knowing something and actually experiencing it. Like, I'll give you a really easy example we can all relate to. You can know about donuts. Oh, but when you eat one, it's a whole nother experience, right? It's different. You can know about marriage. Before you get married, you can, read the, you can read love and respect. You can read the five love languages. You can read all the stuff about marriage. Oh, but it's different when you actually experience being married. Just to kind of give you a visual today, I wanted to show you a picture of my, my son, Jackson, when he was little, little bitty. This is what it looks like to experience something. We literally captured the first time he ever had an Oreo. That's what this is. You can just, let me look at his face. He's like, what is this in my mouth? This is the best thing I've ever tried ever. <clears throat> he, he had an experience, which I feel like we tried to get Oreo to put, I mean, we, I wanted to get some money. I thought, is that the cutest picture you've ever seen? Come on, come on, Oreo. Um, here is an example of experiencing something. I, I, I'll tell you a story today. I, I, was, uh, I grew up in a house that, we loved football. Many of you know my story in playing football um, for many years. I remember growing up with my dad, and we'd watch the Cowboys, and I got to grow up in the, the I see you, I see in your Cowboys jacket over there. I got you. Um, but I grew up in the best time ever, though. Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett, Flip, and Smith. Come on, somebody. I mean, it was just the best time ever to watch football. I had their posters on my wall, but and we'd, we'd watch NFL a bunch, but I actually never got to go to a, a game. Never actually got to go to an NFL game until I ran out on the field for my first ever NFL game. That was my first experience in the NFL and at a game is when I was on the field. And I remember running out. We, were, we actually played in Seattle that day. And we were playing against the Seahawks. And um, if you know anything about their stadium, they built these two big awnings across the top of it. And it traps all the sound and all the noise. It's insane to be in that stadium. I can't tell you how loud it is. And I remember I ran out on the field for the first game. It's the first game of the, the, the year. We were, I mean, when we ran out, you know, you run out an hour and a half before the game starts to warm up. They're booing us. And I'm like, this is, I'm called to this. This is fantastic. I, when people booed me, I was like, oh, let's, let's roll, baby. Come on. And uh, it was just like, it was intense. And when the game started, um, you know, uh, if, if you watch football very often, you know the backup quarterback. He's the one that tries to look cool on the sideline, wears his ball cap, and he's got the little earpiece on. Shake your head if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, four of you, cool. And um, that's, uh, you wear this earpiece and you can hear the plays that the coach is calling into the quarterback who's actually on the field. And I had one of these earpieces on and it was right up next to my ear. And it was so loud that day for the first series. I could not hear the play. And the speaker was literally right on my eardrum. 
It was so loud. I'm sitting here watching the game. I could feel the sound. It was like it was, like it was pushing me forward. One of the coolest, craziest experiences I've ever had. You don't get that sitting on your couch watching on the television screen. You see, you can know about something, but it's different when you actually are there and you experience it. And what I want you to understand today is that as believers, as followers of Jesus, God wants you not just to know him. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to feel his voice when he talks. He wants you to know what it's like to run out on the field, if I could keep the analogy going. He wants you to, he wants you to know that he's there. He wants you to tangibly feel his presence. Not just in church on Sunday, but in Monday through Friday or Saturday when you're spending time with him. He wants you to know that he's close. And what I've found is that Psalms 23 is one of those places that you can go to experience him. It's where I've been the last two to three weeks. You know, Bill Johnson, he's, I've heard him say this over the last couple of years. He's been talking about these places that he goes in scripture that are just for him and God. He calls it his cabin in the woods scriptures. Where it's just, it's just he has history with God in that scripture. It's, it's, it's that place that he can go and it's just like, man, he feels God so near. See, what I'm talking to you about today is actually a thing in, 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 um, that the Bible teaches about. It's, it's called meditation. It's called meditating on scripture. Um, you know, the world teaches about meditation and it's all about you emptying your mind. Well, Christian meditation is all about you filling your mind. It's all about filling your mind with him with his words, with his scripture, with who he is. That's what Psalms 23 is all about. So let's dive in today. And I'm going to take some time. We're not going to rush. And we're just going to kind of go certain verses at a time. Y'all good with that? <clears throat> Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is your shepherd. This is what he promises you. He's your shepherd and you have all that you need. I want you to think about how, how comforting that statement is. We need to think about actually meditating on this and going to him in prayer and saying, Lord, you are my, you're my shepherd. And because I have you, I have all that I need. No matter what comes into my life, I have all that I need. No matter what leaves my life, I have all that I need. No matter what situation I might, I might find myself in tomorrow, I have all that I need. The Lord's my shepherd. I have all that I need. Think about just sitting there in the comfort and the peace of, I have everything that I need to live this life. I've got protection I've got resources, I've got direction, I've got wisdom, I've got love, I've got grace, I've got enough mercy. He's my shepherd, I have, I have all that I need. Many, uh, just to kind of give you a, a practical example, 
you've been at a restaurant before, you've had your appetizers, and then all of a sudden the, the waiter or the waitress comes over and they put your entree on the table. They put everybody else's entree on the table. And they always ask you this question, can I get you anything else? You need anything else? I want you to imagine you're sitting there and you, your, your drink's full. You got all the condiments that you need. Everything is right there. What do you usually say when you have all that you need? You look up and you say, I think we're good. Thank you. We're good. I think we got everything. And then for 15 or 20 minutes, if you're smart, you enjoy that medium rare ribeye. And for 15 or 20 minutes, you have all that you need. He's your shepherd. And at the table of life, you have all you need. Because you have him. You look around the room today, there's a lot of needs in this room. He's the answer for all of them. There's a lot of you in here who are probably walking through some tough times. Oh, guess what? You have the perfect man, Jesus, walking alongside you in this time. There's nobody better to be with you. No better, nobody better to walk alongside you. No one else that, you, that, that could be better for you in this moment than him. He's our shepherd. Um, interesting fact here. This was written by David. Do you remember what David did before he was king? He was a shepherd. Which means that David knew what shepherding entailed. He knew what a shepherd was. So when he called the Lord his shepherd, he also knew what he was calling himself. He was calling himself a sheep which is really, really interesting because David knew just like, uh, more than anyone else how dumb sheep were. This is not, I'm not being crude. This is fact. They're dumb. They are not smart. You start, <laughs> you start doing your research about sheep, they're practically helpless without a shepherd. They don't know where they're going. They can't find water. They can't find what to to eat. They can't take care of themselves. They're solely dependent upon a shepherd to lead them, guide them, feed them, hug them. I mean, just take care of them, do what the the shepherd does everything for the sheep. And yet David knew all of this. And here's, here's what he said about Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. And what he was saying is that, oh my goodness, if I did not have him, I would be so lost. I'm so in need of him. I so need my savior. I so need my shepherd to lead me, to guide me, to love on me, to take care of me, to whip me, to discipline me, to love again, to be kind to me, to show me the way that I need to go. I need a savior and I need a shepherd. And I can just tell you this, there is something about going to Jesus in in, in knowledge of your need for him. It connects your heart to his like nothing else. Um, See, I'm teaching about how you get into his presence, how you meditate on his scripture and and actually connect to the heart of God. And one of the ways that we connect to the heart is, is to actually show him and show ourselves how much we really need him.
Oh man, Jesus. I'm a dumb sheep. I really am. And without you, I'm nothing. But with you, I'm everything. The Lord's my shepherd. I have, I have all that I need. Verses two and three say this. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. This is the, the portion of the scripture where I believe God actually invites us into a place. Notice what it says. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me be- beside peaceful streams. See what I did here? See what our, see what our team did here? Gave you a stream. <clears throat> he renews your strength. Notice that, notice that David didn't just say, um, he lets me rest. He leads me into peace. No, no, no. Notice what he did. And I believe God was all in this when David wrote this. He lets you rest in green meadows and he leads you beside peaceful streams. He was actually giving you a word picture. He was actually getting your imagination involved in what he, in the places he was trying to take you. I've learned this over the last five to six years. I've learned that it's actually okay for us to use our imagination when it comes to seeking God. Did you know it's okay to use your imagination? It's not some weird new age thing. It's not um, against the scripture. No, no, no. Using your imagination is using the very thing that God gave you because your imagination came from him. If you believe you are created in the image of God, raise your hand. Keep your hand up if you have an imagination. Okay, there's your scripture right there. You notice that a kid is born with massive amounts of imagination in their purest form. Imagination runs wild. God gives us our imagination. My point is this. When we go to spend time with him, he invites you to rest in green meadows with him. He invites you, like Genesis says, to walk with him in the cool of the day. There's all this imagery through scripture where where Jesus is actually trying to help you connect to him and in him to you. And what I'm saying is as you begin to read Psalms 23 and you begin to read, he lets me rest in green meadows. what What I believe that he's inviting us to do is actually to close our eyes and picture us resting in a green meadow with God. That we, act, that we actually think about him walking us along a peaceful stream. If anybody needs this, it's people who live in the panhandle. Because we ain't got no streams. And green meadows are hard to come by. He, he lets me rest in cotton fields and leads me into a dust storm. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, as I've just been kind of venturing into this specific scripture with him, it's been, uh, it's been some amazing times. What I've realized is that when I actually slow down and I begin to rest with him, there's a strength that comes to my soul. 
This is why he said he lets us rest in green meadows. He leads us beside peaceful streams. Next verse, he renews my strength. Um, I've discovered that as I begin to rest in him, there's something that happens. A lot of things come to my mind that don't let me rest. Can I teach for a second? When you go to rest with him and you go to imagine being in that place, wherever that place is for you, guess what? People will show up that don't belong. Your kids will pop up there. Your fears for today, your worries for tomorrow. Oh, for many of us, that to-do list will get right in the way. And what I've discovered is that in those moments, it's an opportunity to say, Jesus, I trust you. And then I take that to-do list and I crumble that thing up and I throw it at the feet of Jesus. Not now, I'm resting. And I take my care and my worry about my job or my, my friends or my kids and I go, Jesus, you care more about them than I do. Your protection is way bigger and better than mine is. I'm, I'm resting and I, and, I, and I just begin to see myself cast my cares upon Jesus and stay in that place of rest, like really rest. And what I want you to know today is that that place that you can find in him is actually a real place. You can actually find a real place in him or when you're, when you're with him, you're actually not worried about anything. You really trust him. You're just chilling along the peaceful stream. You take a moment out of your day and you just spend three minutes, five minutes just resting there. And what you'll notice is all of a sudden strength will come to your soul. You'll get your, it'll, it'll get your perception in the right place. It'll get your faith in the right place. Oh yeah, you're in control. Oh yeah, I was never in control to begin with. Oh yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. I do have all that I need. Well, Lord, you're actually taking care of things for me. You're working on my behalf. Notice that he lets you rest, but he doesn't make you. He won't make you rest but he lets you. That's better than you think. That, that little part that I just said is better than you think. Because some of y'all don't like to let him. Let him let you. Like let him let you rest. I'm still not sure. I said that in first service. I'm still not sure if it makes sense, but I feel like it does. Still, still, still 50-50 on it. He goes on to say in verse three and four, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You know, a shepherd would carry a rod and a staff. They would carry a rod. You know what they carried the rod for? It was to beat off wild animals. It was literal protection. And then the staff was used to direct. It was used to, to direct the sheep. I'm sure it was used to kind of pop 
probably not talking about any of y'all, but the one that just tried to just get away and go and do his own thing. Just kind of a little pop. Hey, get back over here. You're going right, go left. It's the discipline of the Lord. It's, it's actually his discipline that brings comfort. You actually find comfort in his correction. Did you know there's comfort in his correction? You know why there's comfort in his correction? Because without his correction, things would get extremely uncomfortable for you. You think that the, the, the discipline's uncomfortable? Oh, where you would find yourself if you kept going right? If you kept going the way you wanted to go? Oh, that, don't, don't we even see this with our kids? When we discipline them? Dare I say, when we pop them? Who do they run to? They run right back to the one who just popped them. For what? For comfort. His rod and his staff, they protect me and they comfort me. Man, like I'm talking about going into these moments and when you read and you're, you're, you're talking to the Lord, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Jesus, thank you for your protection, the protection I don't even see the things you protected me from that I didn't even know were coming my way. Jesus, thanks for your, for your, your, um, your comfort. Thank you for your discipline. Thank you for your correction. That you're leading me, that you're guiding me. Notice he says he leads you, he guides you along right paths, bringing honor to his name. I really felt like some of you needed to hear this portion today. He guides you along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Did you know that when you go down the right path, it honors him? It honors him. He wants, he wants his name to be honored, which means he wants you to go down the right path. And yet every person in this room has sat around worried about if they're on the right path or not. We've worried about it. Man, I hope I'm on the right path. I hope I'm doing the right thing. Is this what I'm called to do? And we're, he wants you to be on the right path more than you wanna be on the right path. Some of you are worried like, am I ever going to find the right thing? Yeah, you are. Because he wants his name to be honored. He wants it more than you wanna find it. Oh, but he loves to take you on the journey. We don't love it, but he does. He loves to just take you on the journey and he loves to just show you one step at a time. All, this is God. He, he, he gives you scriptures like this to let you know you're on a path because for all you know, you're about to fall off a cliff because all you can see is about one step ahead. Oh, and he loves to keep it that way. Because the truth be told, if we saw the whole path, guess what we'd do? We'd leave him. We just kind of go do our own thing. Oh, I got it figured out. I see it all. I got it, God. See ya. He's like, oh, I'm just going to show you a little bit because you're going to need me. Don't leave me. He wants to lead you along right paths. Oh, we know this one. Even when we walk through the darkest valley, he's close beside us. Verse five, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. 
My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Today, I wanna invite you um, as we go into this week, I wanna give you just a really practical thing to do. I actually wanna invite you to open up your Bible to Psalms 23 and spend time with him there this week. Can we do that? Don't just read it, don't just, don't just know it. Experience it. Don't just know it, experience it. That's what's so beautiful about this is you can just read it and you just take David's words and let them become yours. The Lord, Lord, you're my shepherd. I have all that I need. You let me rest in green meadows. Jesus, right now, I just, I rest. I rest in you. Renew my strength. Lead me beside that peaceful stream. Thank you for guiding me along right paths, bringing honor to your name. Thank you that in the darkest valley, I may not be in one right now, but one, one's to come, you're gonna be there. You're gonna be close. And you just begin to have this conversation with the Lord. Is this making sense? And you go to him and open up that word and say, Holy Spirit, I wanna go to a place with Jesus today. Would you help me? Hear me today. It's not enough just to know him and know about him. We need to experience him. We need to experience his presence. And our relationship with him goes to a whole new level. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.